Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. Wrestling Inc. Podcast live with you as we're getting you through the middle of the week. It's the best way to end your Wednesday. Or if you can serve us like a yummy snack, we're the best treat later, uh, maybe sometime Thursday on demand. Whatever it is, it's all good. I'm Justin Labar here alongside my normal Wednesday night panel after a little bit of a shakeup in the last few weeks. We have uh, back from Los Angeles, California. She is our Demon Diva, Isa, the NYC Demon Diva, Isa. Isa, how are you? And uh, welcome back uh, from L.A. and all of your mania travels. 
I'm doing good. I missed you guys. I'm excited to be back talking wrestling with both of you. We miss you. And of course, now the countdown's on for uh, for the, the next big event in Puerto Rico here in a few weeks. So Backlash. Yeah, you know, no days off. It's literally the motto right now, and I'm enjoying it. I like it. I like it. Jimmy Corderas, former WWE referee for over 20 years. It doesn't mean he's team WWE. It just means that he's team referee and logic and rules. It's always fun to see him apply uh, that vision uh, to everything he's watching and bringing here on the podcast. Jimmy, up north in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Jimmy, mm -hmm. how are you tonight? I'm doing great because the weather up here has been really, really good. It's uh, it's almost like early June weather up here for us. So, you know, I'm taking it. I'll take these days as they come because next week it's supposed to chill out again, according to the meteorologist. But you know how correct they are sometimes. <laughs> yeah, same. Those high 70s here today. So uh, feeling good. Uh, love that kind of weather. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's that's when it's when you crack one you know just just shy of five o'clock and and bring the sunshine in all right well before we get into dynamite tonight i see everybody starting to pile into the chat we appreciate it for all of you that like to be part of uh uh part of the the, the broadcast here live and again if you uh, can't be part of it live or you want to check it out after the fact we thank you there as well no matter what you're doing uh a like a comment a subscribe a tell a friend any and all of those are acceptable and <laughs> encouraged for the podcast here on Wrestling Inc. Uh, almost every single night uh, podcast. So certainly you will get your your fill of content from uh, the cast of characters that we are. Uh, let's talk on some news items first uh, before we jump into the night. Let's do our one WWE news item that we had uh, on the block here tonight. And that is uh, Gable Stevenson. Uh, you've probably heard that name. He was the first, uh, first person to sign an NIL deal with WWE. He's made some appearances on, on, on some WWE uh, programs before, some cameos. Uh, maybe maybe the most decorated uh, amateur wrestler, uh, probably the most amateur decorated amateur wrestler WWE's been involved with since Brock Lesnar, uh, and you know we kind of been expecting boys and girls that he would be getting going uh, in the process uh, of working his way to the roster. He actually has a brother that's already currently in NXT, uh, but it looks like any part of him being a full time regular member of the roster is probably going to be on put on some delay. As according to a press release from Team USA, Stevenson has registered for the U.S. Open, which is set to play, take place later this month. Now, the U.S. Open is the first step in qualify, qualifying for the U.S. Olympic Trials for next summer uh, for the 2024 Olympic Games. So um, he has mentioned before, he mentioned in March uh, in an interview with MMA Fighting that he was interested in participating in the 2024 Olympic Games. Uh, you know, And so, you know, big University of Minnesota wrestling name it looks like he was going to be going to wwe jimmy he probably still has obviously the the, the contract and, and the avenue but it just it is it is put on on hold you've seen brock you've seen mm -hmm. mark henry you've seen kurt angle you've seen a, a lot of names uh cross over during your time there in wwe uh what do you make of gable Stevenson so far uh of, of what you saw or know of him and what do you make of this decision by him no i'm I, obviously i see the potential there it's just a matter of him capitalizing on it. And if he's still got the bug, here's the thing. If he's still got the bug to participate in the Olympics and do the amateur wrestling thing and want to take that one more time, he can't put his full concentration and, and, and mindset into the pro wrestling avenue. And for those, you know, let's just put it this way. If you do pro wrestling, you can go back to amateur wrestling. It's, it's, it's a different animal altogether. Let's put it that way for anybody who's questioning that, if anybody is. But like I said, I think... If his mindset is like he, he he still has something he wants to accomplish there, he's already won a gold medal, if I'm not mistaken. 
for the U.S. Maybe he wants to be a two-time gold medalist, whatever the case may be. If that's in the back of his head, it's going to take away from him putting his full efforts into becoming a regular roster member in the WWE. So let him do what he wants to do. And and it, it, it's a gamble for him because, you know, if he does not accomplish his goals, does that hurt his standing with WWE? It's It's a weird kind of cat and mouse game. Yeah, you know, Issa, let me pose this question off of what Jimmy said. Um, and let me just run through real quick Gable's uh, accomplishments. He won his first gold medal at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics uh, in freestyle wrestling. Uh, he, he's gotten several amateur war- amateur wrestling awards. He's won uh, two NCAA titles, three Big Ten titles, two Dan Hodge trophies. So in my mind, I kind of like, what else is there to prove and accomplish? And I kind of think about it like this, Issa. Uh, Mark Henry. Mark Henry, it's been documented that when Mark Henry was in WWE for a couple of years and he, still, he was just kind of still trying to find his way, but they'd already made a, a, a grand investment in him. And then he wanted to go back into the world of strongman and once again reclaim the actual title of world's strongest man. And basically summarizing a whole lot of things here, Vince McMahon basically said, okay, I'll, I'll let you take the time off and do it, but you better win it because I ain't got room for anybody's title of second world, you know, second place world's strongest man. I kind of feel like Gable is kind of putting himself in this position. You, you have nothing more really to prove. All you could do is potentially hurt your legacy by having a fumbled performance uh, so maybe I'm just greedy, but I say get the hell out of there and start making some money, more money in WWE in the world of pro wrestling, where where, where they're going to tell you if you're going to win or not. Yeah, I think I think um, if I'm WWE, I just the just just to be able to say, hey, he participated. If he accomplishes this gold medal goal, like it will look so much better for when he's finally ready to come. So I think I think the possibilities of what he could accomplish makes up for the time that they'll have to wait to have him finally be here. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see how this shakes out. But uh, yeah, Gabe Stevenson, uh, and, and I mean, this is a guy that was already been featured in the draft before. It was drafted to Raw. I think they showed him up on SummerSlam before. I mean, like, so uh, that's certainly not probably what WWE was expecting. I'd be very curious if we get any word uh, from their side of, of their feelings towards this or if he uh, cleared this with them before this announcement came out. So uh, who do we see in a professional wrestling ring first? Gable Steveson or CM Punk? That's the running. That's, that's where the odds are these days. Uh, CM Punk, the latest news on him. Uh, according to Fightful Select, uh, Punk has been in contact with AEW. He's reiterating a desire to resume wrestling. Uh, supposedly, he's laid out different scenarios. Uh, he's willing to bury the hatchet with the elite. Uh, he's willing to, uh, you know, he, he's got the, he's got the bug apparently again to still wrestle. I guess he read Steve Kern's book and that kind of re, you know, lit the fire up some more. But of course we've heard about Jericho and Moxley and others kind of saying, don't want them, don't need them. Uh, but, but, you know, and, and Tony Khan is, as, as, as Tony Khan's avoided the answer in this question, he understands he's going to be asked it, but he's avoided answering it. Dax Harwood is advocating for, CM Punk every day and is in regular contact with him and wants to tag wants a six man tag with him versus the elite. Uh, Isa, are we starting to hear is CM Punk showing his hand? Is that is that going to eventually lead to where Tony Khan's just not going to be able to say no any longer and he's going to have to bring him back, especially when you have a giant stadium show that you just announced in England uh, in August. Uh, yeah, with the announcement of All In, I would assume that you would want to sort that out. Um, I think he will help, 
but I do think there has to be a lot of of, of things to be discussed and, and arrangements to be made so things that happened in the past don't happen again. But I I mean, this is one of Tony Khan's biggest investments. Uh, as far as we know, he might still be paying him to do nothing. And CM Punk, like it or not, did pay it off, right? They were getting huge gates. They were breaking records. But I do think there has to be a lot of conversations and a lot of things said and maybe even put on paper so that things don't get out of hand again. Jimmy, it's interesting. Uh, the, the problems that really, uh, the, the event, obviously, that, 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 that spilled everything over was f- physically involved Punk and the Bucks and Omega. Uh, and according to this report, what we're hearing, the Bucks and Omega are all kind of willing to like put this past and like let's just move on and let's just let's do some business. Um, but it's but we're hearing others, you know, like like Jericho and like Moxley, who who you know are are are, are apparently not uh, are, are you know not in favor of Punk. Um, what do you what do you make of this? And and you know, is it a case of where? You know, look, Punk hadn't fought. Punk hasn't been in a wrestling ring in, in, in the UK since 2013. So this would be a 10 year homecoming that would certainly uh, uh, put some butts in some seats. Like, is it worth the risk so you don't falter on, on this big stadium show internationally? Is it worth the risk uh, of what it could still shake up internally? Um, I would have to say, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is their first venture overseas, is it not? I believe so. AEW. Yeah, because I because I, they they wanted to a couple years ago within the pandemic. So yeah, I think this right. Is the first, yeah. So they want to make an impression. They it's it's Wembley Stadium. It's a big stadium. Yes, you can f- configure it to fit in as many people as you like and make it look big, bigger than it actually uh, is. But at the same time, you want that you 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 want that number that, that that big number out there where you can impress people and put it out in the press especially for, for a company like AEW who likes to tout their ratings they like to tout their you know their financial successes uh like it or not uh for Chris Jericho and Moxley and guys like that CM Punk is a draw especially in that neck of the woods and to that audience that they cater to so if you want to draw a big crowd yes but you're going to have to like you said put some provisions in place and maybe have not only some uh, sworn affidavits, but some, some, you know, uh, some I's need to be dotted and T's need to be crossed. And I'm sure that if everybody puts their business thinking hat on and says, hey, we can make money off of this. It's not just about us playing nice and being nice with each other. You could, it's, it's, it's happened all over in wrestling for how many years where guys yeah. didn't get along, but they understood that if we can put our differences aside for the 15, 20 minutes, we're out there doing business, we could all make a lot of money and then go our own separate ways. And if they could do that, then I say more power to them. But uh, there's always a risk because he, he does have a reputation for being a little unpredictable at times, but uh, put it in writing, like you said. Yeah, you know what would be intriguing is that if, if they do bring him back, and it kind of like everybody kind of is led to believe if you bring him back and you bring him back to try to help draw a, a big house like Wembley, everybody we're all kind of a fan, we're assuming in our fantasy booking that they're going to just lean in and, and have him opposite the ring of of the elite, right? And most of AEW's audience pretty much knows what knows something happened because they are an audience that follows along with the follows along with the backstage uh, controversies. Right. Um, however you still need to account for trying to draw some new fans or draw, you know, maybe some younger fans or people that don't know that really something happened or don't know, like they may, for all they know, CM Punk got hurt and he's not been around. So it would be intriguing because AEW is going to have to finally break some of the legal silence that they've had 
and like at least tell a version. It may not be the truth. Mm -hmm. It might be a sensationalized version or a slanted version to fit the storyline booking narrative. But nonetheless, they're going to have to finally open their mouths and talk about the incident uh, of mm -hmm. what happened to make somebody a babyface and somebody a heel in the scenario. Right. And that's actually what's most intriguing to me about this whole thing is that they're actually going to have to then, you know, just they're going to have to tell us some version. They're going to they're gonna have to reenact it somehow. Right. And and one of the things I find interesting, you know, because the a little bit of the conspiracy theorist in me, when I hear people like Jericho and Moxley uh, saying, we don't need him here. And then if he shows up, there's another yeah. scenario where you can match him up with other people yeah. and do business. Very true. Very true. Uh, Jim, there was somebody, uh, and, and uh, d -d 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 if I get it real quick, it wasn't a super chat, but somebody, oh, here we go. Uh, Jonathan Mitchell uh, asking, wants me to ask you, how is Nick Patrick doing? Is oh. Nick Patrick uh, not well? Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I haven't messaged him in a while, but I know he's looking after his boy and stuff like that. And he seems okay. He seemed okay a little while ago. Last time I, I interacted with him, I don't know if something's wrong, but as far as I know, he's he's good down there in Georgia. All right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll we'll keep our keep our work uh, again. Super chats, we appreciate them. We use them uh, when we get them. Uh, I believe I even still a question coming to my Twitter that we'll bring up when we get to uh, that portion of the show. Uh, but let's go ahead now and jump into AEW Dynamite coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes, uh, originally Milwaukee, which is Algonquin for the good land. Nice. If you got that reference, you can you can hang with me. All right, we start off with Darby Allen versus Swerve Strickland, uh, and they do show a little flashback to Rampage to catch you up, which I appreciate. They did a little bit more of this recently, and I like them doing this because I always complain about too much happens on other shows, and then they expect us to know. Swerve Strickland, he's now aligned uh, with his em with the the embassy, so you got the you know his mogul plus the embassy with Prince Nana and and Brian Cage and Brian and by the way Brian Cage real quick uh, in the news just recently he apparently has signed a new long term deal with AEW. Uh, I don't know about you two, but I'm a little surprised by that. But, I mean, good for him if he's getting paid. A little surprised because he's been one of the bigger guys, bigger in physical size, that uh, has, has had has had. Yeah, but he also, he also didn't have a lot of positive things to say about his time with WWE. Yeah. Right. So I thought this could go either way with him just because he did get a shot with WWE and he has been spoken about how he also didn't, he wasn't enjoying his time over there. So I didn't. I thought it was going to be 50-50 with him. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Jimmy, he's, you know, he's, uh, if, if, if the internet tells the truth here, uh, he's 39 years old. So right. not, not to be ageist cause I'm way closer to 39 than I am 29, but, uh, you know, that, that might be passed by cell date for WB in terms of like, Oh, we're not going to, we're not, we're not going to have, we're not going to start from scratch with you again. Uh, so maybe, mm -hmm. yeah, if, if AEW, maybe that, maybe that long-term deal is the best thing he's going to get. Yeah, it very possibly could be, and, and it could be strictly business. And he's looking for the best deal he can get. And if he, that sounds like what he got here, and they, you know, having another a name value talent leave to go to the uh, uh, WWE, especially with what we're seeing with Cody, uh, I'm not saying that Cage is on the same level as a Cody, but uh, still, perception is reality to some. Oh, all of a sudden people are going back. What's yeah. going on here? You know. Yeah. All right, so yeah, he, him and Prince Nana come out real quick with uh, Swerve Strickland at the uh, ramp, but then they leave. Uh, so we get Swerve versus Darby Allen. This one starts out hot and heavy. Darby just is a human, you know, wrecking ball and torpedo. Uh, it goes from that, but then it transitions into a point in the match where 
we're in uh, leg locks and we're in submissions and uh uh darby's really working on swerve's ankle that's that's the physical story they're telling here yeah <clears> like point, literally he's eating it yes he yeah. is at <laughs> uh, one point the the holy shit moment is a darby uh hits a reverse hurricane rana off of the apron onto the floor on the swerve oh that was a little mm -hmm. uh, nerve-wracking uh events eventually um eventually he we see prince nana come out and he puts swerve's foot on the ropes to stop uh swerve from being the victim of uh of the, of the coffin drop uh and then we eventually see uh brian cage come out and pull the leg of of, of darby that finally has the referee throw them out so they get kicked out and eventually darby wins by doing the last supper which is basically it's like an ankle lock that he then uh, locks up the ankle, but then pins your shoulder. So it does it, it does uh, tie in with the ankle uh, that he was working on here. So Darby does get the victory. Real quick before we go to the match, also Swerve later backstage, uh, kind of mad, and, and it's basically it's like he's got a long list of, of beefs that have been growing here in AEW, and he's it's, it's time for him to start settling and start, start getting his, which mm -hmm. is a key to think about for later on in the show. Issa, how did this opening match and uh, the fact that Swerve Strickland is a big part of the theme tonight go for you? I thought it was a fun opener. Um, there was a lot of, it got a little weird there. Like I was telling you, I was like, is he really biting his foot? That threw me off for a little bit. But outside of that, I thought Swerve looked good. Um, uh, as somebody that didn't watch for a couple of weeks, I did feel a little bit lost. And, and that's on me, obviously. But I did feel a little bit lost to see all of these people coming out to assist Swerve. You know, last I saw him, he was just with the other, his own faction. But outside of that, it was fun. Uh, Darby was bleeding. I was a lot more into what happened after than the match itself, if you want me to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, Jimmy, how did this uh, rate for you to open up the night? No, I, I agree. I agree with you. It was a fun opener. There, were, you know, of course, the little things. Uh, if at one point did I see uh, a chain being utilized in this? And oh yeah, the, his own like his necklace chain that were he used it. Yeah, used I, it on Darby. I know, but still, it's a, you know it's a little questionable there. But I guess because he was wearing it, they allowed it. But the yeah, it was a fun little opener. I, I, at least it wasn't a kick. What was the maneuver off this uh, off the ring apron onto the floor? It, it was, was a, a reverse hurricanrana. Hurricanrana. Yeah, it, you know, got him back in the ring, and at least you know. Uh, the foot was placed on the rope by by um, Prince Nana. Prince Nana, as opposed to him kicking out of a big maneuver like that. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah, it was it was okay, you know. And the crowd was into it, you know. They're into guys like Orange Cassidy, so they got what they wanted. They were happy. But like Issa, what happened afterwards is, was really the strong point. Yeah. So Darby stays <laughs> out there. Here comes MJF. Uh, he's going to take us uh, in the commercial break, and we come back. MJF starts to cut a promo. On the Darby, he puts over Darby though. He does put him over and say that, uh, uh, puts over uh, Darby and Darby, him and Darby's 2021 match, saying that Darby's might be one of the best, uh, that, that MJF has stand, uh, you know, stood across from in the ring. Uh, Darby says that he's ashamed of MJF, uh, and asked him if he's happy. Uh, talks about how, you know, are, are you happy? You told me back in the day when he broke in that once you make national TV, all your problems are going to go away. Uh, Darby talks about how he checked himself into therapy his first year in AEW and, and that he, knows that this ride is only 15 minutes long and that he doesn't want to look back and wonder what has he done to his life. So he's trying to give back. So the money he started making from AEW, he's, he's bought his parents a house, helped his dad retire. Uh, MJF calls him an arrogant little boy, uh, talks about how uh, Darby's so worried about morals and doing the right thing. And then MJF says in this business, morals kills careers. Um, 
very interesting uh, points there. Uh, MJF says he he's fine if he dies alone. He's fine if he doesn't go to heaven. He will do whatever it takes for his legacy to go down and be the best and for him to remain world champion and top of the business. Uh, he says, you're going to go down as your legacy is going to be Sting's little bitch, uh, which that then enters Sting. Sting comes out and he starts to make reference to Cody's daycare and starting to make reference to Cody Rhodes and how uh, once upon a time, MJF had somebody looking after him, a support system. That's exactly what Sting is to Darby is a support system. And Sting says now he's Darby's support system. Back in the day, he had Ric Flair. He had Crow Sting. He had Nash. He had Hall. Um, and, and finally, Darby says, I am going to be the next AEW world champ before MJF spits in his face and leaves. Uh, so, Esau, I'll let you uh, go back to it. You, you loved what was going on here. Uh, peel back the layers here. I loved a few things, and there was a few things that, that were questionable for me. I really, um, I've been seeing a lot of back and forth on the internet about MJF kind of doing the same thing. I love that he started this promo by putting Darby over. This is not something that we see MJF do a lot, right? He comes out, talks crap about his opponent, talks crap about the city. I like that he took a different approach here. I like what Darby had to say. Uh, the WWE references, I, I, you know, I guess Cody is a weird one, right? Because Sting reference to Cody back when he was in AEW has nothing to do with WWE, but it, now it feels like a WWE reference. Uh, but overall, it was a very, for a 12, 13 minute talking segment, I liked it. I thought all three players got got their shots in there and I, it, I was very, very interested, very into it. And, and I like what Sting had to say here. Overall, I thought it was great. Jimmy, yeah. you, you've been in the business. Morals kills careers. What a line. That's a terrific line. And you know what? Believe it or not, if they'd have made more out of that line and, and put more emphasis into it, that would, that's a T-shirt Yeah, waiting to be made. You know, and, and like Isa, I enjoyed this segment very much because they, I was kind of like, you know, okay, the four pillars and they're all after. But after a, a segment like that, I'm more now emotionally invested in now wanting to see more interaction between Darby Allen and MJF. They both, with their words, and Sting's words, of course, got me more invested in the story going forward, and that's what it's about. And I keep, as I keep saying, you can do all the twisting, burning, 450 hammer phoenix splashes you want, mm -hmm. but when you have a segment like that where people will... You, you heard the crowd. They were like ooing and aahing, and they were with it the, the entire way. They talked me into wanting to see this in the future. Yeah, and they also made reference, as the theme has been uh, for weeks now, of they are two of the four pillars, and the other ones being of AEW, Sammy Guevara and uh, Jungle Boy. Uh, out of the three options, out of those three, out of uh, Darby, Sammy, and Jungle Boy, uh, this is to both of you, uh, Jimmy, I'll let you go first. Is Darby, the, is Darby the most intriguing one to put opposite of MJF? Um, I think so for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, and I hate to, to make this compare, it's a size thing where you think, okay, you know, like this misconception of uh, smaller guys can't carry the load for a company. And we've seen in the past, even in the land of the giants of WWE, the current Hall of Famer, Rey Mysterio, changed the thinking on that completely when he became, you know, champ there. So he, he's the most intriguing one. Uh, Jungle Boy does have a good following, but I don't, I, I think there's a different story for him in the future involving maybe, you know, someone else that we saw briefly tonight and uh, luchasaurus and and uh, christian but um yeah no, I, I, in a nutshell i think darby is the one who looks like the most intriguing for me 
Isa, if they draw this out to double or nothing in May, is Darby the, the best of the other pillars for him to go up against MJF? I like Darby just because I re- I was there at that full gear. I enjoyed their match. It was my favorite match of the night, and this is the same night that Hangman won the title. It was a story that was two years in the making, and I still walked away mind-blown by Darby versus MJF. I, it's, it's one that I wouldn't mind seeing again. You know, it's a whole different story. It's a whole different MJF now with the title, so I wouldn't mind them running it again when I put him against Jungle Boy or Sammy, I just don't see the same intrigue for me as I would with Darby. So yeah, I would like I, I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, I find Darby to be Darby to be the most interesting out of the three. Uh, and, and maybe even if you position this a little bit later in the calendar, but I understand you're doing it now because you know, like Darby said weeks ago, you know, there's not gonna ever be a bidding war of twenty twenty four for him. He's he's kind of AEW for life. And he had another interview too recently where he's talked about like He's he he likes AEW because of the creative freedom. Whereas he he made a comment how like if he was in WWE, they would have had him be some weird freaky character jerking off in the boiler room. And so like, I feel like he is going to be AEW for life. And so that opposite of an MJF who is openly touting like I'm going to the highest bidder, uh, and makes references to Bruce Prichard and the Triple H and whatever you know, it does create the the, the most kind of you know yin and yang. Of AEW for life, the the the, the misfit looking, you know, Darby versus the stereotypical just asshole with no morals at MJF. So I, I do think right. it has it kind of has the most intriguing, uh, you know, uh, contrast to each other. So mm-hmm. yeah, really really entertaining stuff here. They have yet to again say when there will be a match, and I think they'd have to probably get on that here soon uh, and let us know. But I would assume double or nothing. They have double or nothing coming up, and they have mm-hmm. Forbidden Door June, and then of course the show in Wembley. So I would think they would right. go to the first one. Um, first one available, which would be double or nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, super chat uh, for that segment. Uh, Corey Pride. Well, first he's talking about the, I think the the ankle and all that. Said the foot fetish stuff was gross. Uh, Sting's promo, loving on his rivals and name checking. Uh, WWE's uh, second biggest star was stupid. But but like 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 what uh, Issa was just saying. I think you know it's it's not. He, he's making reference to Co- you know Cody when Cody helped start. AEW Cody had endorsed MJF who was on the independent scene and this and that so it's not it's not it had sting worded it is oh the uh, guy that just main evented WrestleMania on the other show like if he would have done all that that would have been unnecessary but he just said Cody and Cody is Cody is forever nothing can ever change Cody could be WWE world champion nothing can ever change history which is Cody is a founding building block of AEW and that's how MJF that was MJF's first big feud in my opinion his feud against Cody so while mm-hmm. MJF has that title, we're talking about the history of MJF. You have to think about Cody that way. It was just funny when he first mentioned it. You think WWE, but when he started saying Cody they care and you start running back history, I did I did think of AEW Cody at that time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Jimmy, I didn't I I, I did not think this was actually one of the uh low hanging fruits of WWE. It was actually if, if there's no. ever if there's ever an appropriate time to bring up Cody, it was in the context it is tonight. Right, exactly. It didn't feel like a shot. You know, it wasn't a shot across the bow kind of thing. It, like you said, uh, just, it wasn't like that guy who just had main event in uh, WrestleMania and blah, 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 or anything like that. And 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 even go as far as to say and failed to win their championship. It's a great role model there or anything. He was just, you know, stating fact, basically. And again, yeah, Jimmy. <laughs> that? that would have been great, actually. <laughs> oh, no. Nah, I, nah, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I think Sting is above that. But anyway. Yeah. 
Uh, I'll be curious to see, too. Sting said that the showtime is almost over. He said he's not interested in that AEW world title. Basically conceded that he's, you know, he's an old man in a young man's game. But he said almost over. I would be curious if if he does say, like, hey, I'm not going for that world title, so you don't need to put on the line. But I I do have a little something to prove to myself and to you about, about respect for your elders. I'd be curious if they if one of the appearances they got out of MJF and a match they got out of him not for a title would be him versus Sting, uh, something that could be somewhat of a novelty because it's probably you have a very short window left to do that. Right. Um, so just my, my my fantasy booking as we're watching. Uh, Terry Allen Jr. Super Chat, as we segue into the next uh, segment here, he says, missed further development book of Hobbs. Uh, well, we did get some powerhouse Hobbs here, but there was not much uh, in the book of Hobbs. Uh, it was Hobbs squashing Silas Young quickly and then backstage in the parking lot, we see Wardlow with a bat uh, going to town on Hobbs's car, then grabs a forklift, drives it through the windows, and, and uh, lifts it over. Uh, and then he comes out to the stage where he and Hobbs uh, are fist fighting and have to be separated. And uh, Wardlow, for good measure, uh, tosses some people off the stage. So they announce next week here in Pittsburgh, uh, which is kind of like Wardlow's second home, uh, based upon how he started here with us uh, on the independent scene, uh, will be Hobbs versus Wardlow, I believe. I, I assume the title's on the line. So I wonder. If that's the case, if this is the payoff, the blow off to the Hobbs Wardlow stuff, uh, and especially again, if it's here where Wardlow's going to get a hometown esque pop, Issa, is this the attempt to restart my man Wardlow on the path to greatness? Then why did he lose the title? I don't know. Well, he did have an injury a few months ago, so I think he was injured, and they, they, I think that I think that played into where they didn't want to. They didn't want to alter the title defenses because of injury, so they got the title on somebody I else. I get it. I mm-hmm. get it. I will tell you one thing. Ever since the haircut, ever since all that, I thought tonight was the most interesting and intrigued that I've been by Warlow in a while. I like yeah. what he did. I thought he came off badass. I hope somebody put that forklift on parking. Otherwise, it's still going down the street from <laughs> Milwaukee somewhere. <laughs> but I did like. Finally, because you guys know I'm a big Warlow fan. What we saw from Warlow tonight, I thought delivered, and it's about time he doesn't look like a chub to these guys, right? So I, I like this segment. I did the squash match was great. I like what they did after. It was a fun segment. It gave me Brock Lesnar vibes. We seen Brock with a forklift, but overall, I like this Warlow, and it's, I, I'm happy to be giving a positive, you know, thoughts on Warlow again. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, he says right. It did make me pop. He, uh, he gets out of the out of the forklift and the parking brake wasn't on and it just kept rolling luckily the car seemed to stop it but that could have been a also great did you notice that way he was doing that there was cars driving by and i'm like mm-hmm. it, it, do these people know that something is being filmed or are they just completely ignoring the, yeah, <laughs> like what's they, going on next to them <laughs> wherever they were outside the building in milwaukee they obviously did not sh- or they couldn't shut down that road right because <laughs> you're right there was live traffic going on yeah no kidding yeah, uh, like again, it was it was interesting. The thing that bothered me a little bit, though, was it it was a long time that that uh, Wardlow was working over the car first with the bat, then with the stanchion deal, and then getting the forklift to do. And the whole time, Hobbs is just sitting there watching it on the screen as it's happening. You know, yeah. it, it just felt like, why aren't you running out there? You know, and, I, I, and then and then coming, I get it. He's supposed to be the heel here, but at the same time, he's a big batter. And then he waits till he comes out and he sh- to show that he's not afraid. He waits for, you know, Wardlow to enter the arena where they do the pull apart, and then you know, 
He's taking out his frustrations on Silas Young and that sort of stuff. That's the only thing that bothered me about it. You Because you could say, oh, he's running to the back. And that stuff could still happen while he's running to the back. Have the brawl out there by, you know, that, that, that's for me anyways. Anyway. I love that you brought that up because as I was watching, I was like, well, maybe Warlow is nowhere near. And that's why he's just watching without, like, helplessly. But then Warlow makes his entrance and it takes him, like, two minutes to get inside. And that's when I was like, oh, that's not, that's not a good look. <laughs> right, yeah. That was the only issue, really the only issue I had with it. Uh, and John here saying, uh, John Millard, just curious if he was meant to go through both tables and bots to just one. Yeah, yeah. Warlow did powerbomb, uh, I forget who he powerbombed off the, or, or um, Aaron, uh, um, oh, his name's Aaron Solo. Aaron thank Solo. you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, he did powerbomb him off the side of the stage, and there was two tables, but he only went through one, and he kind of cracked the back of his head mm-hmm. off of the other one, so I don't know what where the where where that happened but uh hopefully he's okay yeah. that did look yeah. pretty brutal um so yeah so warload hobbs next wednesday in pittsburgh mm-hmm. uh we'll see uh where the next stage of warlow's booking goes from there uh we got a, a vignette and promo from jay white and juice robinson just kind of recapping uh last week on dynamite and they proclaimed themselves as bullet club gold Easter, mm-hmm. do you have Ladywood over Bullet Club Gold? No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. This, this fourth place is is is, is slow build, Lavar. <laughs> you know, we're still having dinner. We're still having dinner. <laughs> mm. I just don't know that. I, I miss uh, Jay White's debut. I'm very happy that he found his new home. I just don't know that even back when they debuted him, when they were doing Forbidden Door, I don't know that AEW makes him feel huge. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Put him in the middle of the show in a backstage promo. He just felt like another one of the guys. I don't know. That might just be me. Yeah, no. I mean, uh, you know, Jimmy and I kind of talked about it last week. It's like you add somebody in Jay White who is a talent and who is one more toy in the toy box that you can do different arrangements with, different, you know, different matches, different whatever. But does he bring one new set of eyeballs that's that's not already on the the, the company you know that's so. yeah that's the exact argument that we made last week you're right justin it, does he bring new eyeballs yes the hardcore audience that they cater to know who he is and are aware of him and know his talents at the same time it, it doesn't it doesn't you know to, to, to hopefully someone who tunes in and goes you know oh jay white I'm not sure don't know haven't heard of him not not familiar with him let's put it that way and that you want to draw new eyes to the product so is I, he a good acquisition? Yes, but at the same time, like you said, tonight he felt like one of the guys. I, I did like uh, putting a little bit of emphasis into the Bullet Club stuff because a lot of people are familiar with that. Or if you're just tuning mm-hmm. in for the first time, I feel like if you're a wrestling fan, you know about the Bullet Club. So, you know, pointing out how important he was to that, I did I did like that. I thought that it's a nice added touch for him. Yeah, but there you go. There's the, there's the argument again that people have heard of the Bullet Club, but right. they haven't heard of... This kind of feels like it's all done. This is all just a long play to June for the Forbidden Door, right? But then, but then it's like okay, after the Forbidden Door, how much return on investment do you get? I mean, I don't know. Like I, I would love to know, but I don't think they have. They're not. It's not like WWE where it's a public company, and even WWE doesn't necessarily always disclose all of all of what all talent makes. But I would love to because they're uh, impact contractors. I would love to know what. AEW spends on talent. 
Like, is there a budget? Like, is he not allowed to? I don't think there is. I don't think, I don't think there's like a certain number he's not allowed to go. I would love to know how much is spent. Like, what is Jay White making? Because, like, in WWE, you get downside guarantees, but you're working, you know, three, four nights a week, you know, uh, and then there's merch incentives or whatever, whatever. Like, I'd love to know, like, and, and obviously, like, it seems like Tony Khan pays you, even like, you know, he doesn't cut you short. He, he just pays you until the contract runs out, even if he's done with you. Like, so I'd love to know, like, what somebody like a Jay White. Uh, is getting you know jericho had interesting comments too um jimmy kind of in 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 opposition to what you and i are kind of saying jericho had a comment uh, i don't know if it's a podcast or or where it was but um, he had said something to the effect of like you know jay white the hottest free agent um six foot four uh has an accent the girls love it uh and he chose to sign with us six four i that's what jericho said uh, six for four has an accent. Chicks love it. And he chose to sign with us. If that doesn't tell you that something's going on special with us, and I don't know what will. Um, so I don't know. Uh, well, well, he's trying to he's trying to pump the tires for this sure. guy. But and, and I get that. And you know, Chris is a great spokesman for that company because people listen to Chris Jericho. People who are not just diehard wrestling fans, they're they're aware of him. So if they hear him say that, they they may go, oh, maybe this guy is worth taking a look at but at the same time like i said like we said he doesn't he doesn't ring any bells for anybody who unless you're a hardcore fan yeah. wikipedia says he's six one <laughs> okay <laughs> there you go <laughs> maybe, i believe maybe, that a little bit more maybe jericho meant to hit the one and uh, typo he uh, just, he, <laughs> he's he's wrestling talking you know so he built yeah. him a little bit taller <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm six foot foot on my license so in aew i'm six foot four uh, yeah. John, John Jordan, $5, says, they booked Wembley. If I'm punk, of course I'm saying I want to come back. Has them bent over a barrel. Uh, uh, that's a valid that's, point. What if you're trying to get that big stadium paycheck? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, well, to be determined with that. All right, back to the ring action. We have your international champion in Orange Cassidy up against one-third of your trios champion, Buddy Matthews. They, again, go back and show you Rampage footage from a few weeks ago of, of Orange trying to do his Superman orange punch and, and Buddy blocking it with the title. And so Orange has got his hand wrapped up. So he's selling that. That's a story in this match is he's selling that and he gets stepped on and untaped and all this going on. And uh, there's one sequence where Orange Cassidy hits three different tornado DDTs in three different places. And then he hits a, another finish and that's the false finish and no to go. That's not enough to do it. Uh, but he does hit the mousetrap roll up does orange Cassidy and jimmy i hear the sigh i'll go to you i i don't i i, I okay so i understand this i understand that the idea here was and buddy even sold it after right he's doing this he's like oh, i was this close i was this close mm-hmm. i understand you want to make it competitive i was this close right i get i get you like you're trying to like trying to keep buddy up okay cool fine keep buddy up buddy's buddy's a good talent uh, uh house of black cool thing but i don't think that it makes buddy see like if buddy gets hit with three tornado ddt's in that sequence that he does and then orange's finisher i don't think anybody's faulting him for not kicking out to that you not faulting him for not kicking out of the mousetrap no, no. they called it no 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 i'm saying if, if buddy murphy gets hit by those three really no. good looking tornado ddt's yes that could just be it nobody yes. gonna, i'm not gonna wake up tomorrow and go Damn it, Buddy Murphy is worthless. Get him off this company. He can't it's, hang. It was incredible because the first one was off the top rope and Buddy Murphy rolls to the outside of the ring. Then the second one's outside the ring on the floor. He rolls back into the ring and he hits him with a third one. Cover, one, two, kick out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That, you know, I I get that people are kicking out of DDTs now and that sort of thing. But, you know, you do a one off the top, one on the outside, then back in the ring. After three of them, you get a kick out. That's ridiculous. And then Orange hits his what does he call it? The punch. I yes, I get the hand is hurt, but at the same time, you hit three DDTs. You hit your finish. He still kicks out, and you do the most devastating move in wrestling is some form of a roll up. Now, yeah. Oh, I told you when whenever when the AEW video game comes out, the roll up better be the highest rated finish. Exactly, uh, Issa. Um... Uh, Orange Cassidy versus Buddy Matthews here. I, I thought actually a pretty entertaining match. I like the I like you know, I like the the sell of the hand, but but again the the, the roll up finish as we said. But what what did you think of this here uh, between these two? I really enjoyed this match. I thought that, that I know I sound repetitive, but as much as the gimmick of Orange Cassidy is not for me, when he gets in the ring and he's wrestling, man, he's entertaining. I enjoy his matches every single time. I thought Buddy Matthews looked great. I am with you guys. I thought after the three DDTs and the finisher, it should have been over if if Orange was going over. At that point, when Buddy kicked out, I started believing. I was like, are they going to do this? Are they going to let Buddy Matthews actually win here? Because that should have have been the finish. But outside of that, I don't have a lot of criticism. I thought the first punch that Orange hit when he hit the hand and he kept selling it, it looked like he hurt. Like the whole sequence was very well done. Two very talented guys wrestling. I mean, isn't that what we're tuning for? We can't complain. I would have put it in the main event, though. I thought the main event was very slow moving compared to this, and this should have main event that if you want me to be frank. Oh, my girl, we'll get there. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, yeah, I, and I kind of agree. Orange Cassidy's gimmick, I, I, I took me a little time to kind of get on with it, and it still has. It's it's 
it is a very you have you have to just forward thinking yourself to accept the gimmick. But I do I have to say I, I like watching him wrestle. Uh, I do like that he kind of has like the, the the gear that he clicks on and turns on. I think there's something to that. I think yeah. the key with g- g- characters like his like, is you've got to keep evolving. Uh, so yeah. that, that, that's he's got to kind. He can never be behind the. T- he's got to always be a step ahead because the, the moment that you get behind is when you get stale. But I think he's done a good job. I like the music when he comes out. I like the image. I think that Orange Cassidy is capitalizing on something that not a lot of people in AWR, and that's the kids. I see yes. so many kids yes. dressed up as Orange Cassidy at the shows. <clears throat> and when I see that, that's when I'm like, I'm, I get it. And that's why I always say the gimmick is not for me. I know yes. who it's for. Yes. Him mm-hmm. in the ring, when he gets into it, I enjoy it. But I think the gimmick is more for the kids. And even on his entrance, I think he gave a little high five to a kid dressed up as mm-hmm. him. Every yeah. AW show I've been to, I see more than one kid dressed up as Orange Cassidy. Well, and that's what I want you pointed out. I've noticed that for a while he's done that. He's, it's, he's, taking, a, he's taking a page out of, you know, some of the greatest baby faces ever, Ray Mysterio, Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Find a kid who, you know, Ray to this day still goes and goes head to head with any kid wearing his mask ringside, and of course Bret Hart with the glasses, and and like yeah, that's 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 gonna go a long way. So I I definitely uh, think that's a a great move, a great little mm-hmm. baby face trick that he's he's uh, he's he's borrowed and and put in his own right. arsenal. And like you said, you have to cater to a wider audience. And if the kids are, you have to cater to kids too. You want them to come and, and at least, or at least the ones that have to beg mom and dad to bring them. So if you're getting mom and dad to bring the kid, you're selling two tickets or possibly three. Sure. Jimmy, is he like, again, if he stays, if he keeps evolving, stays ahead, you know, like I said, he's, he's got great, he's got great baby face staying power. Mm-hmm. Is he, is, is he a character that you could ever see them putting a heel spin on that he just turns heel and just becomes just. I, like is that could like if you feel like you've just ran dry of him as a babyface, could you ever spin it on its head and put him as a heel, um, while still being uh, orange? Like without repackaging him, I mean, with yeah. without repackaging, it'll be tough. But uh, you know, uh, man, that's a good question. I, 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 anything is possible, yeah. and it, it all depends on the audience too and how they how they perceive it. Because sometimes they over analyze. Yeah, I'm guilty of that sometimes too, but. Uh, uh, what i do but <laughs> well, well you know people and people say look jimmy let me say this and i just want to i want to say this for as a, as a little disclaimer for you me her and for the rest of us mm. that do this and even others on other channels that, right. that, that are, that's not even wrestling Inc. if you listen or watch us and say man you guys overanalyze you have no fun or you you dislike everything this person does or that per- whatever let me let me let me let me give you something here if you were asked to actually come on here live one take, we only get one take, this is live, mm-hmm. to articulate and give an opinion that isn't just a repetitive cycle of, yeah, cool, just, just, just generic adjectives. If you were asked to come on here and give actual insight and out, just, just give reasons for whatever you believe, you could watch a show and say, uh, blah, 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 but if you got re- to give me a reason. And you're asked to, to do it an hour or whatever it is. Of course, you're going to overanalyze. That's the idea: is to look and pick up, and look for the Easter eggs, look for the way they could have booked it, look for how they're going to book it. It's not that we don't enjoy this. If I didn't enjoy this, you think I'd be occupying my Wednesday night doing that? No, I could just hang out and talk to these two on Facetime, and I don't have to get the rest of you guys involved in this. <laughs> Tremendous. But, uh, but 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 that's the idea here: is mm-hmm. to give you things to think about and let you debate and let you not like it and let you hit me up on Twitter and get. That's the idea, right? If Correct. you were asked to do this. 
if you were put in in the shoes to do this to be entertaining think about what you would say mm-hmm. exactly exactly i i, Preach. I yeah nothing more, nothing more to be said at this time <laughs> imagine if we said yeah i like that it was great and then all three of us says that and we move on to the next one we say yeah i like that it was great I mean. and then we like yeah. it would be like a 10 minute show and nobody will watch and, and sometimes one of you, one of them might say something, folks, just to peer back the curtain here. And I might just play devil's advocate just to hear what their response would be, just to hear, like, what, 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 what give, give me, you know, give me, give me the alternative, you know? Yeah. So it's, that's, it's, it's, but like Issa said, I, I was enjoying the match with, with Orange Cassidy and, uh, and Buddy Matthews. It wasn't that I was enjoying, it, but for me, from, from an analytics standpoint, the, the three DDTs, the punch, and then the roll up finish is what took me out of it. Yeah, you know, he should have finished. I thought I really thought when he kicked out that then they were gonna go through him and let mm-hmm. Buddy win. I did too. I, I, I thought, thought that should have been the finish. I did too. I thought, I thought we're heating Buddy up big time. Uh, Terry Allen Jr. with a super chat saying, Besides wrestling, Justin, uh, hobbies you enjoy. Um, uh, well, when the weather permits it, uh, I love to get on the golf course, that's a uh, very zen to me. Uh, I love a uh, I love a good fire pit. Love a good cigar at that fire pit. Uh, I love biography books. I'm real big on like you know. I'm not not a not a fiction book reader, but I like mm. reading. I, I think I think you can learn a lot by just reading other people's life stories. Even if you even if you put the book down and say that person was a freaking idiot, I think, I think there's a lot to gain. Uh, Jimmy Corderas has a wonderful uh, life story book uh, called A Three Count. Check that out. Um, by the way, Justin, not to interrupt you though, <laughs> when you said golf, man, it hit me where I live in and. It's funny how many of the boys love to golf and, yeah. how, you know, how I was privileged to get to golf with a lot of, a lot of them, which is golf, awesome. golfing. Golfing is great to me because, and, and, and oh, I guess another hobby, Terry, I'm a huge sports fanatic. I'm a mm-hmm. diehard to all my sports teams. So I love all my sports teams. So I will follow all them to the end of the earth to watch all the games. But the great thing about golf, you're, you are your number one rival. Like you, it, it's you. That's what's mm-hmm. so that's what's so psychologically thrilling is like, it's me. It's what I just did. You dumbass. It's, it, you are your number one enemy. Nobody else just intercepted or stopped you or whatever. Nobody else just stop, you know, screwed your drive up. It's you. Like that's, that's a fascinating kind of uh that, that's, that, that's, that, that's Al Snow wrestling with a mannequin head. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's wrestling. It's having a good match with a broom. Tremendous. Um, and I love, I love music. I love music of, of, of mm-hmm. all, all, all genres. So I love to sit, especially if I can find on vinyl. I love to sit and woosah out of music. I mean, I'm, Everybody from Ray Charles to Etta James to Brooks and Dunn to Kid Rock to uh, Stone Temple Pilots to, you know, whatever. So, yeah, that's that. Okay, back to our regularly scheduled program. Uh, pick it back up here. All right, we got uh, the quick vignette of the Luchasaurus and uh, Christian Cage. Uh, Issa, if you didn't watch last week or didn't watch live, this might be, this was last week they showed Christian kind of walking in this, you know, this, this red air, uh, red glow and then here comes luchasaurus new mask and all and tonight we get more of the same but christian just kind of saying yeah some things have changed uh so they are heating luchasaurus back up uh east i'd be curious to, to, to get your uh reaction to luchasaurus and, and christian who they're keeping with this even if they're even if they're done with jungle boy i don't know if they are but even if they are done with him they're keeping with the christian pairing of, of luchasaurus I like it, especially if you're going to keep the Luchasaurus gimmick going. Him having a mouthpiece is great. He's got the size. Christian can cut a promo on anything, even a freaking broomstick. It's a good pairing. I like it. I I, I'm, I didn't see what happened last week, but I was intrigued by what I saw tonight. 
Uh, all you missed last week was, was just the same thing. It was just a right. Okay. A vignette. So they're just doing the vignettes just to kind of like build it up and hype it up. Still happy that they kept Christian with him. Nice, uh, uh, Jimmy. I mean, again, Luchasaurus yeah. from a visual no. standpoint, he 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 makes you do a double take. No, absolutely, he does. He 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 is the, someone that does definitely get your attention. And you made a good point too, Justin, is that you can continue something with Jungle Boy going forward because you were talking about. Uh, of the four pillars, who do, who do you see matching up with uh, with MJF? At least if you got Luchasaurus with Jungle Boy, that 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 narrows down the field, so to speak. Yeah, and it gives him something that people can be invested in at the same time. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so Luchasaurus, we'll wait and see uh, where the timeline here of booking him is. Uh, up next here, this might be the surprise segment of the night mm-hmm. in terms of what comes out of it. Ethan Page. Uh, him and Matt Hardy uh, having a back and forth. Matt Hardy, yeah, I I, I kind of get a little over the minutia of we're, we're arguing. We're, the, 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 the feud has so much based on contracts and fine print or whatever, but, you know, fine print that, you know, because Ethan Page lost a hook, Matt Hardy and Private Party are no longer beholden to the firm and this and that. Well, here comes Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. They attack Hardy and, 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 and Isaiah, and then out comes Hook. And now the numbers are even, but still the heels are on top because of the blindside attack, and all of a sudden the music hits and out comes a returning Jeff Hardy, looking great as mm-hmm. ever, out with a steel chair, uh, uh, takes some people out, hits a swanton dive, and the crowd up, up the biggest probably reaction of the night, and justifiably so, it's Jeff freaking Hardy. Jimmy, Jeff is back, uh, have to assume, based upon how he looks and based upon that he mm-hmm. is back, that uh, it wouldn't have been allowed. Uh, unless he was in a good, healthy space. So this, a huge get, a huge re, <laughs> re, re, reintroduction, reintroduction mm-hmm. for the company because, okay, yeah, you have the stuff right now with the firm and, and blah, blah, blah. And I love, I love Big Bill, uh, that aside, but the rest of it can kind of just uh, all put, be put in a blender to me. But um, this is huge because now you have the Hardy Boys back and they never, they, they started it, but then it got derailed with, with the stuff with Jeff. The Hardy Boys are something. You put them in the right tag team situation, that's going to draw some butts into a Wembley Stadium. You it's, know, the yeah. Hardys versus Young Bucks has not not ever been done before, but it's not been done. You know, you, you put a new spin on it when it's an AEW, and then you add mm-hmm. the acclaim, then you add the guns, then you know you add FTR. So the fact that you now have the Hardy Boys proper to once again use in AEW, that is a huge get. It is an absolute huge get. And you heard the reaction tonight. Like you said, probably the biggest pop of the night. That was incredible. And they, people love the Hardy Boys and they're recognizable. Uh, I, I hate to keep going back to this catering to that core audience, but the Hardy Boys are guys that can draw an audience outside of the hardcore fans because they were they were so revered and loved by the fans, let's say back in the the TLC days, for example. So, you know, name value, name value helps. And him and Jeff and Matt are stars. Let's put it that way. And you t- if you do it right, they could add some butts into the seats, like you said, at Wembley Stadium. So uh, as long as they build and build and build and, uh, you know, everything stays cool, all for it. Yeah, yeah. And Killer Demons, I know. I know. I, that's what I said. I know the Hardys and Bucks have happened. It has not happened as like a main event of an AEW show. And I'm saying right. is that now on that, that stage, if they did the backstory, this, you know, the Bucks are this general. They, they, they model themselves up the Hardys. They were backyard wrestling. They, they, the Hardys were their inspiration. So I'm saying 
you have a chance once again to take some different tag teams and do some things. <clears throat> no, I, I won't. I won't do it just yet. There was, there's one little critique I do have, but it'll, I'll wait till after Isa makes her. Good, Isa. Uh, I mean, come on. Like, do you not pop for Jeff Hardy every single time? We all do. We all do. I automatically threw the symbols. I'm dancing. Oh, it I stand up and do them. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, and um, it's just he's got it right. I love hearing the crowd reaction. And the, the one thing you pointed out, I love seeing that he looked healthy. I just need him to stay this way. Uh, it's like, you know, you, we have faith in you. Listen to the crowd reaction. We love you. Please just stay healthy. And if this isn't going to lead you in that route, then walk away. Right. Because I just want him to be okay. Now, that being said. Oh. Oh. Always pulling my heartstrings. Oh, did I freeze? Yeah, run, oh, run it back. Can you hear run, me? Run, run it back. You said, okay. that be, you said that being said and you froze. Give it, run it back. Yeah, I was going to say it would always pull in my heartstrings to see the Hardy Boys hugging. It always mm. gets me every single time. Doesn't matter how many times we see it, how many promotions, when they reunite and hug, I'm all in. So I'm very happy to see him. Uh, I just missed the days when these things were not spoiled and there were actual mm. surprises. Just, just throwing that out there. Right. Yeah, I, I love, I mean, I don't know, probably... Uh, Probably two of my favorite guys. I, I've, uh, I don't know, got to ever got to meet, ever got to work, you know, work with Matt in the ring. Mm-hmm. I, I love these guys. I mean, I, yeah. I just, I'm, I couldn't be happier to, to, to see them. I know Jeff's gotten some second and third chances, and there's, there's, but he's a good, he's, a, he's a hell of a talent. He's a good person. He just, yeah, he's, he is a good. He's, 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 he's battled, good. he's battled his own issues, and I hope right. that. Hope this could be the final run that they yeah. they deserve. If there's one critique I could make, uh, and I hate to be sound like I'm moving on from this, was this was a wonderful moment, got a tremendous reaction. They didn't allow the moment to settle in and breathe because they went right into a video, uh, mm-hmm. not even an interview, a video yeah. speech by Kenny Omega, and I don't mind them showing that video, but do it after the commercial. Let people absorb what they just saw. Let them take it in. Let them digest. You know what Jimmy, I mean? Jimmy, uh, I love that you brought that up because I felt like Kenny Omega was like crying about something. I missed last week again. So this was a very depressing video. He's just sitting there so serious. And I'm like, bro, Jeff Hardy just came back. Why are you killing my vibe right now with this like mood? Like you could at least on a commercial break and hit that after. But he like completely, he, he killed the vibe. He did. Well, and so uh, I'll talk about the Omega thing, and then as we'll touch in, on in a minute later, the, there's maybe a debate of whether or not Omega even had to have this at-home earlier today speech, but he does. Uh, real quick, closing the book on the Jeff Hardy thing. So Jeff Hardy, Matt, they're back. Uh, so we'll see where this goes. Um, again, on the opposite side of things, uh, I mean, Ethan Page, hell of a talent. I don't really buy him in all this thing. I think he could be on his own. I don't mm-hmm. I, I don't really buy on the firm. Uh, I, I, I buy Big Bill. I'm a big Big cast, big Bill fan, whatever. Uh, you could do the heart. You could sign en- Enzo's free from L- MLW. You could sign Enzo and have Enzo and Big Bill versus the Hardys. You could, that's something you wow. could do right now. Yeah, you could do it. Just saying it there. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, you can right. do it. <clears throat> you can do it. All right, so let's go. Uh, so Omega earlier today, Kenny Omega appears to be at home in his living room, and here's what he's talking about. He's talking about how a couple weeks ago, uh, maybe this, maybe this was in the last few weeks. He said when you weren't on with us. Um, uh, Blackpool Combat Club, who has been on a violent rage through the roster and through Dynamite, 
they Don Callis showed up in their interview segment. They attacked him. They actually hit Callis. He bumped to the ground, but what the accident that happened, he bumped to the ground and he actually sliced his head off of like a piece of lighting equipment or something. Oh, was, I did. I was in LA when this happened, but I did. I hear about it. I yeah. didn't see it, but I, and people were actually talking about it. I was like, what happened? The pre tape. Like, yeah, the pre tape. The pre tape segment or whatever, the bump to the ground that's out of camera was not supposed to be as bloody as it was. He literally was just gushing blood. And then that, that they showed it. I, I like winced. He legit sliced his his head open. I saw the gash. Okay, I remember. Now. So that happens, and they've been, and and then and then last week, Dan, uh, Brian Danielson took a, uh, uh, a screwdriver and was going after uh, Hangman and slicing his face open. So like, it, so it's gotten really personal. So Omega's talking about you've gotten personal. Don's family, you crossed the line. It's not going to be blood for blood. That's what you want to hear. No, no, no. It's going to be much worse next time I see you. I'm thinking, okay, we got to wait a few weeks, so we're going to see him, but. We'll get to that. So that's Kenny Omega uh, backstage. So then we get Moxley and Claudio versus Brandon uh, Cutler and uh, Michael Nakazawa. And it's just basically a Blackpool Combat Club beatdown. I mean, they're uh, Nakazawa and Cutler are both just bloody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mox and Claudio are just pummeling them with finishing moves. And then the ref calls for the bell. So I don't, did the ref just stop it? Is it just a stoppage? I guess. I guess. I guess. It wasn't a DQ, oh. was it, Jimmy? <laughs> From I didn't hear an official announcement as to the referee. They didn't make stuff. one. Yeah, they exactly. So the, the bell just rang. It ended, but they continued the beatdown afterwards. Yeah, I'm gonna assume yeah. it, was just a, it was just a ref stoppage for brutality, mm-hmm. like like a, right. like a TKO. I was like, yeah, I was like, they just want the kill. They never do the kills, but it was it was an interesting finish because we don't see these finishes in AW. Yeah, so ref stopping. I guess Mox is calling out for Cowboy, calling out for Callis. And then out comes Kenny Omega. <laughs> He's there. Uh, he distracts them, and then the Bucks come from behind. They attack, uh, and they try to all get revenge by circling Moxley. They try to get revenge with the screwdriver, but Moxley does escape. So uh, certainly it seems like we're setting up again, double or nothing for a big showdown, a big uh, four-on-four showdown here between these. Um, uh, Jimmy, I mean, I, I mean, it was it was. The, the the heel booking continued. I mean, Moxley and Claudia right. looked just vicious out there again, bloody. Especially Brandon Cutler wearing that that protective face mask and the blood just underneath just, it. Yeah, just, oh, it was it was, it was a, a, a violent looking image. You know, it's a, it's a, it was a hell of a visual. Let's put it that way. And you know, and Claudio banging Cutler's head on the apron what thirty yeah. times to yeah. to uh, it, it was it was a mugging uh, to say the least. And um. I mean, you can make the argument: was the blood necessary? Uh, at least it was someone else other than Moxley. It was a Moxley match, Jimmy. Yeah, there so has to be blood, whether it's Mox blood or somebody else's. There's always blood. Yeah, <laughs> there will uh, be blood. It, 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 I'm just saying that, it, it, technically speaking, it's not necessary. It wasn't necessary because they were very brutal. But eh, it is what it is. It's it's what they do. So, yeah, Issa. I mean, they uh, they're really AEW's committing to. Blackpool Comic Club, which, mind you, has John Moxley, which at one point was one of their biggest babyfaces, has Claudia, which, uh, you know, our pretty big babyface when he came over. Not there tonight, but Brian Danielson, you know, one of the biggest babyfaces ever in the business. They are really committing uh, to them being the, like, the top heel group here. 
It's working. It's working. Mm -hmm. I thought they looked brutal tonight. I like that somebody night one in the chat brought up that Coulter and Nakasawa lasted longer than they expected because the whole time I felt this match is setting something else up, right? Otherwise, I'm watching AW Dark right now. Mm -hmm. um, so I did think the match lasted longer than what I anticipated for the setup later on. I like the beatdown after. I think the idea of mm -hmm. the um, the Elite against Blackpool Combat Club is interesting. I like it. I like it. I did think that we didn't need Omega crying, so somewhere if he was going to come out later we did it that's what i mean so going back to what jimmy was saying it makes i don't know if we needed those comments from him in the earlier today like you could have just scrapped that and that would have bought you 90 more seconds you could have the jeff hardy thing mm -hmm. or you could have done omega like early early in the beginning of the night just to do it so close to them coming out felt pointless yeah yeah we get the armchair book that's, that's part of what we get to do so yeah all right, women's match, tag match. Riho, Sky Blue up against Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. Storm's going to hit the uh, Storm Zero. 930 on the dot. On the there dot. There you go. Train is never late. Uh, hits the Storm Zero on Sky Blue. Afterwards, they spray paint an L on Riho. They hit a triple powerbomb. Jamie Hayter to the ring. Britt Baker to the ring. So, again, we are dancing towards this showdown, much like we are with Blackpool Comic Club and, and the Elite. We're... we're, we're mm -hmm building towards this outcast versus the homegrown pillars, female pillars of AEW. Issa, uh, we, we haven't talked, you and I, have a couple weeks now for the outcasts. Uh, are they, where are they for you? Uh, are the outcasts, are they a thing? Are they, are they three established women who have all been in WWE who are establishing themselves here as the, uh, the uh, pushing people around, or is this like a, a very, very poor NWO retread? Yeah, it's a little bit of both, right? The one thing that I was disappointed here is that for somebody that didn't watch AW for three weeks, I believe, I felt a little bit out of it in the other storylines, and I feel like the women are still stuck doing the same thing that they were three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. that made me a little sad. <laughs> Jimmy, um, mm -hmm. I got the same question to you. Where, where, were you. where are you at the outcast here? No, uh, I like the idea of it. It just, uh, it's, there's something missing. I wish I could put my finger on it, but it, it, it's not drawing me in like I think it should be. You know, I like the us versus them mentality of it. And because, you know, in AEW, it's always the other guys that they take shots at. So it makes sense that the audience boos them as heels because they came from the other place. But still, they haven't drawn me in just yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, the one. The biggest thing I'll say is that whether this is a whether this is a result of the Outcast being a formidable heel trio, and and we're just not giving them their their due, or if it's just giving the situation to have it on TV, Jamie Hader, and then I think even to a greater extent tonight, Britt, they continue just to get huge babyface pops. So I don't know if that's I don't know if that's in, 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 in response and support of oh get these outcast women, get these bitches. Uh, I don't know if it's that or if it's just you're giving us a reason to have Jamie Hayter and Britt come out here and they're two of the most popular women. But it is at least it, it is at least reminding us that, that AEW has some babyface females that the crowd responds to. And that's a hard thing. You can't buy that. That's that's you gotta cherish that. So agreed. Yeah. All right, main event time. Keith Lee up against Chris Jericho. And I just remind everybody where this is coming from. Uh, Jericho uh, 
a couple weeks ago when when Adam Cole and Britt had their big embrace and, and Adam Cole's return match and Jericho kind of, you know, didn't show the respect to, uh, you know, he, he came out to rescue his boy, Daniel Garcia, didn't really show the respect to Adam Cole. And Keith Lee kind of came at him last week at Dynamite and kind of provoked, you know, said, look, you got to start showing some respect and this and that. So that's where this whole match came from. That, that's the whole origin story. Um, so these two have a match, got some commercial all in there, but we eventually bring Daniel Garcia into the ring. He's brought into the ring by Keith Lee, but he's also in the ring and he ends up distracting the referee after Keith Lee's hit a power bomb. That then allows Swerve Strickland, who of course has a former tag partner with Keith Lee and is trying to settle his beefs. He hits Keith Lee in the face. That then leads to Jericho getting the win. So Jericho gets the win. Swerve is trying to uh, trying to trying to get revenge on all the people he has problems with. That's all there. And then Adam Cole comes out. He comes out, just checks on Keith Lee slightly glares at Jericho kind of the same way that Jericho did to him weeks earlier. And we go off the air. Um, a lot of stories here. This, the swerve stuff, Keith Lee's in a main event match on dynamite first time. in however long, obviously Jericho and Adam Cole is, is, is a long story that we're going here. Uh, Issa again, I, I think kind of actually kind of cool to go to you because you haven't, you had missed the last few weeks. How did this sit with you as a main event? All things considered. Ah, I thought the people involved in it were talented, but something was not clicking for me. I was telling you earlier, I felt it was so slow. And compared to some of the action we saw tonight, it just, I don't know. I don't know. I did, I, I would have put Cassidy and Buddy Matthews in the main event spot, um, if you want me to be honest. Uh, but I, I like the Oops, stories sorry. here. You know, mm -hmm. I like the stories that were being told and how many stories were building from it. But something about this match just didn't click for me. And I just, I felt like they were moving in slow motion. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Jimmy, I like, again, to like the stories, you know, that, that, that's been a critique, a critique that we've had of AEW is like, you need more story. You know, I, okay. So Swerve's got, he's trying to, he's got a, he's got a hit list. He's crawled. All right. So I kind of will get a little bit to that, that he's, he's in there. Uh, we're building Adam Cole versus Jericho. That's going to be a great thing. Mean, I mean, who doesn't want to have that on their wrestling promotion? Um, right. But to the match tonight, I kind of agree. This, you know, Keith Lee left WWE. He was kind of one of the ones who got released. Kind of a little, you know, a lot of fans kind of like, oh, they missed the boat with what they could have done with him. Bigger guy, but he's got agility. He's got a certain mm -hmm. charisma. And I don't know if that's... <laughs> I don't know if that's came across. Now here he is in a, the biggest match of his AEW career, in a main event on Dynamite up against Chris Frickin Jericho. Mm -hmm. And I do kind of got to agree with Issa. Some of it's felt slow motion, and then it's like, you know, me on the airport test. And I, again, not to be ageist, not to be whatever. I found a few grays here in the beard this week. Mm -hmm. But Keith Lee just looks like an old guy. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I and I and I know he's, he's a, a sweet. He's a year younger than Roman Reigns. Wow. Ooh, isn't that isn't that a sentence to say? Mm -hmm. And I know that Keith Lee is a sweetheart of a guy. This has nothing to do with yeah. This has mm -hmm. nothing to do with the, the person. But but he he just airport test. He just looks like mm -hmm. an old guy. And then I'm watching this tonight, and it did not seem like this did not feel like a main event match performance. It because I didn't feel any energy from Keith Lee. Yes, he's a big guy. He has a presence. The gray does take away from it. Uh, <laughs> I was like, but uh, uh, he didn't. I didn't feel the energy from him. Do you know what I mean? You're stepping in the ring with a guy like Chris Jericho. There has to be a vibe. There has to be an energy. You have to draw the audience in. He just it to him. It felt like just another match. 
that, that that was the vibe I was getting off him. So I wasn't getting the investment, you know, wanting to, oh, oh, he's into this. Let's see what's going on. And I get the, I like the idea of the story being told here. Hey, this is about respect. I'm going to teach you about respect. But I didn't feel that no, from him. No. Uh, and I and I, I I laughed. This is why you have to watch the video version. <laughs> I laughed because one of the comments was a, a beat an old, <laughs> an older looking Carl Winslow. Oh, and I'm wow. a Family Matters fan. So. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. This just uh, yeah. I mean, again, stories were told. I understand it's in the main event because you want to go off the air with the Adam. But even the Adam Cole thing, it's like it was just a glare. <clears throat> yeah, like just a, at this point, it's almost like they they have. Jeff Hardy come back at the end and everybody leaves with that mm -hmm. electrifying finish. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It just, it just, I, 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 I have a lot of respect for both of the men that were in the ring. I like mm -hmm. that we're building multiple storylines here. It just, compared to some of the other things we saw on the show tonight, I just would have flipped around with something else and put something else on the main event, but this does carry the name value, I guess, you know, and I just don't know that the gray look, the, the silver fox thing is just not working for Keith Lee, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what, Anissa, to the point, I'll uh, say this. Advertise this as your main event, right? It's got Jericho in it. Advertise this as your last match. Have it end at Eastern time, not, we're all in the, well, all three of us are in Eastern. Have it end at 9.55. Mm -hmm. And, okay, Adam Cole's come out, he's taking Keith Lee, you know, Jericho's, whatever, you know, he, he's sitting there, and, and him and uh, Garcia leaving the ring, and we think that's it. Have Ethan Page jump the guardrail, whatever. He comes in and he, oh, Ethan Page, and grabs a microphone. And this show's not in until I start. And he starts to do his thing. And then basically do exactly what you did. Have Ethan Page talk. Have Matt Hardy come out. And then do the whole little scrummish. And then you're right. Mm -hmm. Have Jeff come out and you end the night on Jeff back. Oh. oh my God! What a happy ending! I Everybody's I, gonna be talking about him. People can't wait to tune in next week. I, mm -hmm. I I think the energy of that show totally trans is totally different than than how it was based upon how they laid this out. Right. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Uh, overall episode, I thought I I thought it was a fun episode. Maybe the taking a break helped, but I I was entertained. It was just I would have paced a couple of things differently and a couple of things I didn't think were necessary, like mm -hmm. the you know video package for Kenny Omega and other things, but. I didn't. I didn't think it was a bad episode of Dynamite. It wasn't bad. It was just. I think again, yeah, there's different things. Uh, Jimmy, this where goes. This this goes in. I think to Tony Khan booking philosophy. I think he values wrestling matches, so he feels main events more times than not need to be wrestling matches. Mm -hmm. Whereas what I just pitched is you can build to the wrestling match, but the mm -hmm. last thing can still be, you know, just can, can be Gaga. It can be. The least of the return. It could be the yeah. biggest excitement of the night, the biggest pop of the night. Because what are the most important things of a wrestling show? How you start and how you end, because that's what Correct. people remember the most. And they had people, a great start. Yeah. And yeah, they had a good start. But at the ending there, just a couple of guys walking out of the ring and leaving. And were like you said, I, I like that idea of ending it on the Jeff Hardy return. A huge mm -hmm. surprise, that huge pop. The big hug at the end between Matt and Jeff and, and oh. the place going banana. Changes banana. the whole show because yeah. they always remember the finish. Mm -hmm. It really does. It really does. Uh, some super chats here. Monopoly Man, $5 says, I was at AEW tonight. It was electrifying in the Sting and Jeff Hardy stuff was a huge surprise. So, yeah, I mean, you saw Sting unexpectedly. That's yeah. great. So, Hardy, I just, it just positioned it where you put him in the show. I, I guess that's more for the TV audience, if anything else. But I'm glad you have fun. A lot of times 
things are completely different when you get to experience them live than what we're seeing on TV. But yeah, I'm glad you had a blast. Mm-hmm. Corey Pride, uh, Keith Lee oh. looks like grandpa. My grandpa. <laughs> Jericho beat up my grandpa. And Jericho has what? 12 years on him. Lee needs hairs fenced. Uh, he looks awful. Uh, <clears throat> Just yeah. for that. It's a visual business. I, yeah. I I hate to sound shallow. I'm not trying to be shallow. No, Hal it here. is. Yeah. <clears throat> not trying to be shallow. Hal here and only dating the tens, but it's a visual business. Um, yeah. want to get a tweet out uh, that was sent to me and Jimmy. Uh, it was from uh, at di3 max 420. Says mm-hmm. a fan of your pods. Question for the show: Do you like that AEW build their whole show main event over an NXT rivalry? When two years ago they couldn't stay quiet about beating them, I'm guessing he's referring to the fact that Swerve's getting mm. getting some revenge. No, they're Keith. talking. Maybe Keith Lee and Adam Cole. Oh, uh, what? Oh, uh, but that's not. Uh. I I didn't interpret anything tonight as oh we're rehashing anything from NXT. Yeah, yeah, a lot of players tonight have had time in NXT, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't no direct correlation kind of is drawn there to me. I don't just no. No, and, and for me, it's more more along the lines of if if they're doing something that was done in NXT, that's their minds saying, "Oh, we could do it better." Yeah. yeah. Well, then do it better because Adam Cole and Keith Lee both felt like a huge deal back when they were having their programming NXT. No, I agree, but you know, that's the mindset, I guess. Right. Well, you know, right. you know why. Because they felt like a bigger deal in NXT. Because every single week they were on NXT. But 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 here when you're when when you, MJF is the only thing MJF and Orange Cassidy are the only two for sure things that are on every single week. Mm. And right? the women and, at nine thirty. And the women at nine thirty. And it's like look, look MJF and Orange Cassidy are both title holders, so I get it. Yeah. But like you know, I but that's where you run into. You have a two hour show of Dynamite, and you have all these people that are in your ear that you're paying. So it's like oh, I think well. Moxley too. I think I think I yeah, see Moxley's Moxley on. Yeah, week. yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. so again, but okay. So those three got to be on. That's cool. But then, mm-hmm. like, okay, Adam Cole should also be on every week. So th- right, so, right, right. So then you need to start to say, okay, well, how many people do I not necessarily need otherwise? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very, very big roster, and I don't yeah. know how how you do it. it it's impossible, basically. <sighs> I would again. I would love to know what they are paying. I'd love yeah. to know what the total expense is, and, mm-hmm. and I, but we won't. I'd love to know. Mm-hmm. Love to I know. All you. right, that was dynamite tonight from uh, the good land of Milwaukee. Um, again, yeah, it was what it was. Uh, they're, they're on this long stretch until double nothing. So like they have, you know, like next week, Brits and a tag match here in this whole against the Outcast, Hobbs and Wardlow. So like they're, they're, we have some stopping points of payoffs. So okay. we'll see what happens next week. Uh, Dynamite in Pittsburgh. Uh, we're still building long term to double or nothing again. Forbidden doors after that. Wembley's after that. CM Punk in question, as we talked about at the top of this podcast. Um, like, subscribe, comment, share, do all those things. Final plugs and well wishes for the night, ladies first. Issa, go ahead, please. Uh, you guys can find me here on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Also, Lucha Libre Online my own YouTube channel, anybody watching from Puerto Rico, Ponce Pro Wrestling this Sunday, go go to that show. I highly, highly recommend that you go to that show. Very good. And Issa, I assume you're going to be in the mix when uh, Backlash comes to town. Yeah, yeah. I got a couple of things that I you guys will oh. see me with the content in the interviews and all that. Cool. Very good. Very cool. Jimmy, final, uh, final words? Well, 
like you said, you can see me here on Mondays and Wednesday nights uh, at Talking Raw and then Dynamite. And uh, you can catch me on all my uh, social media platforms doing my riff and rants on a daily basis from Monday to Friday. Again, not to tear down, but to tighten screws and want to see things get better. That's all. And it, it, try to have a little fun with it. And you can catch myself and my good brother in stripes, Brian Hebner, on the Reffing It Up podcast with RJ um, on Wednesdays. It drops usually every Wednesday. And this week we had Gangrel on. Ah, oh, nice. So we were fanging and banging with Gangrel. That's awesome. And I haven't listened to it yet. Banging and banging, brother. Yes, Ref and Rant, Titan Screws. He is the human screwdriver that is Jimmy Corderas. Uh, I'm at Justin Labar uh, across the socials. Do the thing there uh, here on the Wrestling Podcast several nights a week. I'm on Busted Open this Friday, every Friday morning, uh, most every Friday morning, Channel 156. Uh, Spar with Labar with Dave LaGreca, Thunder Rosa, Tommy Dreamer, Mark Henry. Who the hell knows? It's always a crazy time. Appreciate it again. Like, subscribe, comment, do all the things to the podcast as we continue uh to grow it every single week um that's gonna be it uh, again if you're checking us out on demand after the fact please leave a comment leave a like uh we really appreciate it we love reading the comments uh, constructive criticism is fine don't be a troll don't be a troll but leave your positive comments leave your criticism leave your opinions that is all good fun all right uh thanks everybody in the, in the chat it's been a, a lively chat here tonight we really appreciate it hope you enjoyed dynamite uh if you didn't watch any of it and you're going off our recommendations hopefully you know where to go and what to find that's going to do it for the rest of the podcast here on wednesday night april 12th be good say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill